well, Danielle Jenkins, what's happening? You're laughing at something. I think you're laughing at me, what we said before we started hitting record. I always laugh at things that you say because I think you have a very funny, different sense of humor. You're British. Do, do I have a British? Do I have a British sense of humor? No, it's very different. You remind me of my brother. My brother has a very dry sense of humor. He'll say things that are hilarious and not even crack a smile. I did. Ha- I did have a lady on a podcast say that she thinks that I should be a stand-up comedian. I think it'd be interesting, but I think that job is so hard. God. Um, <laughs> we could add it to the podcast. But we are not talking about that today. Today <laughs> we are talking about delegating in your company and how to do it correctly. I'll say, I don't know if it's correct or not correct, but it does work for me. And basically what I do is, and I know you are going to go through a very detailed list of steps, which I think is great from a high level. What I do is that once the project's scoped and the person understands the task, I completely give them authority. So I completely delegate when I mean I am not micromanaging because, and I require that person who is in charge of that project to make the timeline. Mm-hmm. I don't, unless they're like, Hey, I'm going to get back to you at the end. And it was a 12 month thing. Obviously I wouldn't agree to that. I'd say, Hey, maybe you would think about some intermediate things in case you need help. Mm-hmm. But I completely give uh, the person the scope and the leeway to make mistakes. And I will say this, one of the things that I think business owners have trouble doing, of of which I am included, is delegating the task because you think that the other person isn't going to do it like you are going to do it or as good as you are going to do it. And the truth of the matter is that is possibly true. Now, hopefully you've hired people who are smarter than you in these areas, so to speak, Mm -hmm. that they would. But you're probably correct that as the business owner, they're not going to care as much. I mean, you hope they do, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be realistic to, to think that they wouldn't because they're not in your shoes and you're scared they're going to make a mistake. And that's why people in general, in general don't delegate. And here's the truth. You will probably make a mistake anyway, because none of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. And two is they are going to make a mistake. And I actually, I'm not saying I want them to make mistakes but I expect them to make mistakes. I do want them to make mistakes because that's how they're going to learn. And the only thing that I want to make sure that they do is actually create a plan to fix the mistake and then ask for support. Because the way that I believe running a company is my job really is from a high direction and you're everybody listening, you, Danielle, everybody is to provide the overall direction and idea of what the business is and the problem it solves and how much you charge for it and and these things. And then it's for everyone else to figure out how to implement that. You may set a direction, but you need people in your organization who are going to feel like they can make the mistake and not get clobbered for it. Mm -hmm. And I believe my role is to just support those people. So they need to come to me when they need help. And my job is to figure out how to help them Mm -hmm. in their role. I I don't see it sort of as this authoritative figure that's trying to to micromanage every single thing. 
Now, I will say this. I expect people to get it done. I expect people to figure out the mistakes and adjust. What I, what I will not accept is not reaching out or not getting help or not executing on that thing. Now, maybe the timeline was unrealistic mm-hmm. and, and that just happens, but then they're in charge. So I, this is a long way of explaining. I just give the person full authority because those are the type of people that we hire is, yeah. and this goes back. Like it's easy to say, how do you delegate? But if you don't have the right people to delegate to, and we've talked mm-hmm. about hiring in another episode. So if you're listening to this, you can go back. I forget what episode it is, but previous episode. And you got to have the right people. So one is you got to have the right people. But two is once you have the right people, turn over the job. And if you're scared they're going to make a mistake, just understand they are going to make a mistake. And what you're really trying to avoid is catastrophic mistakes. Right. And that's where some check-ins or something like that comes in. But look, sometimes people make really screwed up mistakes and you know that's that's life you can't be everywhere at once and if you want to work 20 hours a day like go for it but it's just not sustainable so i give in summary i give the person the responsibility and the authority and the leeway to run the project and or or task or whatever it Mm -hmm. is and you know if it if you show up and one day say, hey, it just completely failed and you never asked me about it or anything, like you're probably in hot water. But, yeah. you know, if you're, if it's not working and, and we're having a dialogue, but, it, but that's on the person, not mm-hmm. on me. So that's, right. that's how I uh, effectively delegate. Well, I love all of that. Um, and so I, and I can add to that. Um, like for example, the managers that are on our team, they are responsible for the success of their team. We had a management meeting the very first day back. So January 2nd, and we have a manager meeting once a week. The rest of it is up to them. And I tell them, guys, I'm not here. If I, Like, I'm not here to babysit. I'm not here to tell them what to do. I give them the tools. I give them the resources. I teach them how to manage their team. Like, I'm managing them. But then at the end of the day, if I was to still be walking them through step by step, what's the point of having managers anyways? I may as well do it myself. So for me... I completely agree with you. And all my managers, they know I don't micromanage. They know I'm there if there's something catastrophic. And I told them this even on Monday in our management meeting. I say, guys, there will be times where you maybe make the wrong decision as to what I would do or a different decision as to what I would do. As long as you can give me your reasoning and back it up, I'm good with it. And we'll learn from it if it's major and if you know if we can change it. Or maybe there's something I would do and you do something different that, you know, your way is better. I'm not always right. However, in the positions we're in, unfortunately, people do look to us for the right answer. And so I do the same thing as you, Brennan, especially with my managers. It's you guys figure it out. If you think this person needs this amount of extra training or needs this meeting, you tell me and I'll take your opinion on that because I have delegated this position to you because I don't have time to manage a team of 50. Um, I need those people to do that and to come back to me. So then in our managers meetings, they feedback, like they give me the feedback on how their teams are doing, what worked, what didn't. And that's it. We do one meeting a week. I do not need a daily update on what their teams are doing and if what I advised or what they advised worked. So I do agree with that. So I wanted to kind of 
basic, basically go back to basics for delegating, uh, for those listening. Cause we do, ha- we did have a few people, um, write in on our social media telling us that they wanted us to do an episode on delegating and how to do it correctly or tips to do it correctly. Um, just because it is hard. It's so hard. And it is one of those things when you're a new business owner and you're kind of getting to that point where you really need help. It's really hard to overcome that. Um, but unfortunately, you won't grow unless you do it. It's true when they say you can't do it by yourself. It takes a village because it really does. So and delegation, guys, it's not just about giving your workload to someone else to kind of like, like you go on vacation. Um, it's about giving the right tasks to the right person who can handle them best. Um, that's a really good way to look at it. You need to identify strengths and weaknesses. So benefits of delegation, increased productivity, improved ownership and accountability. Again, with my managers, I give them the reins on their teams. They know that if their team screws up, their ass is on the line. So they increase that productivity, that ownership, that accountability. Um, improve team morale and reduce tasks for yourself. Again, you can't do everything. I can't run this company all by myself. I need my managers. I need my office staff. I need everybody who is delegated a job to take care of the rest. Um, So I looked back at when I first kind of started hiring my first manager, my first employee that wasn't necessarily a cleaning staff, but somebody that was going to be doing a job that I have done this whole time. So I broke it down into a few steps. and kind of made it easy. And I hope this really helps you guys for the ones that did ask. So number one, review the project or task at hand and break it down. So I will use this as in a service business, for example, I knew I needed managers to run a portion of my team. So I broke that down as to what I did as a manager for that team and broke down into each individual task. Then you identify who can do those subtasks depending on those strengths and weaknesses. Um, so I knew that two people in my team had the ability to be a leader like myself and have the, the strength to be able to identify weaknesses and things that people need help with and be able to talk about it with them. That's a hard task to do. It is hard to go to tell someone that they screwed up or that they need help with something. So I knew that these two people, my first managers I ever hired could do that. So I knew that when I was looking at management, those were going to be my first two that I looked at. Um, communicate the expectations, the task at hand, and the timeline. So in this instance, there's not necessarily a timeline, um, but if it's a smaller project. But this is delegating a job, for for example. Um, So I communicated the expectations to my team, and I always do every week when we have our management meetings, that the expectation is I want you guys to do exactly what I do with you. I want you guys to address your team the way I do with you. The expectations are here. This is what I need you to do. And they do it. And that's what it is. This is your responsibility, the success of this team. If they screw up, your ass is on the line. Um, be there for questions, doubts, and clarifications. And I'm not talking about hand-holding or babysitting or micromanaging. I'm there if something catastrophic, like Brandon said, happens, you're there to answer the phone or the email if they need help or clarification with maybe a difficult employee, a difficult client. Um, they royally screwed up on something. Who knows what it is? Because they will. And you want them to because it will make them better and in turn help you. Um, and then 
eventually you're going to want status checks. That's where we do our uh, weekly management meetings. We take you know that time to review what's going on, the teams, things like that. And then at the end, close the task or project. Obviously, in this instance, we're talking about, a, and again, a job or an employee. Um, so we wouldn't necessarily be closing it, but you always want feedback. So from my management, every three months, we do like a feedback on me. On like from my employees that are managers to me, what are they liking about the job? What they don't like? What's difficult? What can we improve on? How can we improve the management? Things like that. So you really do have to break it down um, and do those steps to be able to delegate your first either employee, your first task, your first job, your first project, whatever it may be. Those are the steps that I found helped me when I took that leap. And to summarize, as I was listening to you and the people who did write in to us and asked. To do, to do this episode, it all boils down to trust. Mm-hmm. Delegation is trust. And if you aren't delegating, then I would pose this question to you. What don't you trust about the person? Mm-hmm. And the truth is, it might not be even about that person. It might be about you. And it might be about trust issues that you have that go back outside of business that you're going to need to work on because you said it, I said it. If you can't delegate, you can't scale. Mm -hmm. And it really just comes down to trust. And you have to ask yourself, why don't I trust this person to do this? And, you know, maybe you need to get a sheet of paper or something and write that out or think about it on a bike ride or a walk. Because if you don't fix that, then I would suggest that you're not only will your business suffer, but your personal life will suffer with relationships as well. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know that that sort of is where I boil it down to, to <laughs> leave everybody with, with a summary. You can, uh, you can replay Danielle's list of things, which I think is great because Danielle's awesome at doing the procedures, SOP, standard operating procedures, and sort of a, a list of things that go down. But at the core of it, if you are struggling to delegate and you are struggling with some sort of trust issue. And maybe that's an easy one to answer. Like, I'm not, I just don't feel like that person's really qualified. And then you need to fix that. You either need to train that person or you need to hire another person. So right. if you sort of can answer that question, then that'll get you past how, how do I delegate and why am I struggling with it? That's very profound, Brandon. <laughs> That's lovely. And it's it actually is true. Like I remember when I first started uh, the business and I had to hire even just cleaners. I obviously can't clean 20 houses a week. So I had to hire people to take that load off. And I was petrified and I had clients pissed off. I was scared. I did not want to do it. And then that's how I figured out how to create the training program that we have now. Because at first I was like, okay, well, here, go and clean because everybody knows how to clean. And I just didn't trust because eventually I was getting complaints. I was having issues. So that's when it was my fault. I screwed up. I didn't train them properly. I didn't have the right system. And I then started the training program that I have, trained them, and there we go. We were able to scale. So again, you have to look at yourself. You're right, Brendan. It all comes down to you. Very profound. Food for thought. <laughs> we're going to we're going to end on that very profound, lovely summary. <laughs> Danielle, thanks for dropping the tips. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs> Bye everyone. <laughs>